2: Welcome to the Guitar Nerd's podcast. I'm your host Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight, hello, and Joe Branton. Hi, and Jay Cross will be joining us at some point. He's out uh, tending to stuff. We're in his house, and he is here. He's just tending to stuff. He'll be uh, he'll be in soon. So yeah, Jay's going to be joining us later on. Um, nice to have you back, Matt.
1: Yes, I Th- think the internet is sorted. We had some inter uh, I- inter-,
2: inter wrongs with you last week, but uh, it's cool to uh, to have you back in the yeah podcast. I- we tried to do a I podcast last week, but we couldn't talk about any pedals or anything that required any kind of modicum of
1: knowledge, so... Uh, any actual information. Yeah, we you really you, we really struggled. Um, well, that, that's good to know that I'm I'm needed. You are um, 100% needed, definitely. That, that's why I should definitely... If I if we were the Beatles, I'd definitely be Harrison. You couldn't be the Beatles without Harrison. Yeah. Just there, indeed. you know, writing the riffs, writing yeah. some riffs. Do
2: you know what I've been listening um, to? I, I think I talked about this on the podcast like a few weeks ago, but I've been listening to a lot of Beatles solo stuff. Like, anyone who follows me on Spotify, like, look at the playlists that I've made. I've kind of, like, made Beatles solo stuff per decade playlists, which didn't, is weird. Re- didn't you make a, a, a Beatles record, the album yeah. that the Beatles never made? That's kind of what I've done, yeah. Like, if the Beatles, like, didn't split up in 1970, but put out one record per decade... Right. ...up until, like, now, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, go find me on Spotify. I'm sure I'm, like, mark underscore random if you want to listen to those. But what is shown by doing that is, firstly, John Lennon's solo career rubbish uh, like there's one good album and then after that it's absolute toot right. um, and um, Ringo some, a surprising amount no. of bangers no, there's, no. there's an album by Ringo <laughs> I think it's like 1993 called Ringo Rama it's got some great tunes on it really good production like classic Beatles style production what, what, what was the record where he actually did Beatles songs oh that was like a he just, it was him and like the Ringo star band which is his oh like live band good god um, George Harrison Loads of rubbish There's like two good Maybe three good Harrison solo albums The one obviously Who comes out on top We've declared our love for him Before on this podcast Paul McCartney um,
1: King of the, uh, of the world uh, The thing is Harrison Harrison just sort of Didn't he just decide To be like a gardener And well, Yeah and just he was, like- it, it was It's weird because
2: uh, He obviously had like Some contractual obligations With record labels and stuff Because he'd kind of Put out a record Every four or five years Something like that But there's one called like Gone troppo, I think it's called, and it's so bad. It's so bad. Anyway, um, that was your weekly Beatles update. As you know, we have to do one every uh, every week. Um, we're live, by the way, on amply forward slash guitar nerds. Uh, if you're watching, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. You can hear Joe playing it in the background. In fact, I was. Try- I-, I tell you what, I was trying not to. It just sort of started doing it. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, if you're joining us on there, do join in with the chat. Um, We're going to take some questions maybe from Amplify through the thing. But um, there's been some talk this week on the Facebook group about the format of the podcast and what we've been doing. So we're... We realise in the last few weeks we've got a bit rambly because we've been dealing with the live stream and doing the podcast and stuff. And from now on, we're kicking it old school. Uh, we are going to do some introduce some new features into the podcast in which we will uh, explore later on. We're going to be uh, doing topics, and we're going to be taking more questions from the Facebook group. We're going to try and shoot for four questions uh, a week from the Facebook group, hand selected by us. We're going to tackle one of them each, um, and uh, yeah. But do feel free to uh, to chip in if you are watching live as well, and we will uh, we'll still uh, we'll still take your questions from there too. So um, I guess we should talk about what we've been up to this week. I guess the biggest bit of news uh, I've got a new guitar to talk about. Uh, which oh I know my goodness! If- I can't believe you wouldn't let us talk about this guitar on the podcast. We could have been advertising and promoting how cool this guitar is, and yeah. that everyone should get involved because it's a very limited edition. It is super limited edition, which yeah. I think is why you didn't talk about it, so you could definitely secure your own. Well, I just <laughs> I just didn't want it to. Yeah, I think that is why. Like last week, I didn't want to talk about it because firstly, it hadn't arrived and I didn't know what it was going to be like. Um, turns out, it's really good. And secondly, uh, I didn't want people to buy them because I know the place that's got them has only got like six of each colour or something like that. I think that's like all there must be in the UK. So, uh, yeah, is it I wanted... wrong
1: if I buy one.
2: Is it is it wrong? Well, if, what, I if buy we one? both have one, yeah. Well, maybe I should have a different colour. Yeah, yeah, there are there are. There's one other really cool colour should we talk about this now and then we'll talk about your thing afterwards yeah yeah let's do that so we're mixing it up yeah so this week um, I took delivery of a Squire Affinity limited edition HH Strat okay listening yeah pink sparkle which is incredible I kind of wish you dropped in the Squire Affinity bit last because this is this is remarkable like Fender do great finishes but like, in in FSR runs and yeah. things like that, and for Squire as well. But this is really unique in that this is probably one... Of the, these three finishes that they've done, because they've released it in three colours, yep. right? They've released it pink in... Sparkle, pink Sparkle, Blue, sparkle, blue sparkle, green sparkle, Green Sparkle. The Green Sparkle looks amazing as well. Yeah. But they've released this, probably their most bling colours that they've ever done. Yep. And they've done it on the Affinity series, which is madness. Oh, It's but, made me happy because I had... I don't... uh, You know, like, saving up for various things at the moment, house and stuff like that. Um, So it means that I haven't actually got a whole lot of, uh, like, money to spend on gear. And luckily for for us, you know, we get sent a lot of stuff to demo that kind of passes through our hands on the way, either back to the manufacturer or uh, off to a competition. So I get to play a lot of stuff without actually buying a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, And what it means is that, like, I've bought some pedals this year. Like, I bought the Montreal Count 5 and... I think I got the flint at the end of last oh, yeah. year but it means that I don't buy a lot of stuff so buying stuff for me is uh, like a real treat these days because um, it means I like get to own it permanently rather than give it away to you know listeners or YouTube viewers or or send it back which is like kind of the most gutting thing yeah, so if I can't yeah. keep it I want to be able to give it away to to someone cool and uh, yeah the other kind of route of that is like give it to the manufacturer which is fine you know people don't have the, the budget to, to be giving stuff away in competitions all the time so Anyway, um so it's cool for me to keep something and like it's good that it was an affinity because it means that it was like 177 quid. Well that's the thing. And I yeah. think that's kind of Ridiculous a really money. it's such a smart move by Squire because they've gone well everyone loves sparkle finishes. Yeah. But but only a sort of a few people would seriously consider going for something quite that bling for their for their main instrument or or sort of dropping 500 to 1000 pounds. On on something in in that image, not that you can really get that that finish within that price point. I mean, I'd say you, you're no. really looking at like custom shop stuff. Yeah, like I know that Warmoth do a finish that's called like magenta mm-hmm. flake or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which is cool. But then you're spending like six seven hundred dollars, I think, on the body, which. For me, would be cool. I'd love to be able to build a guitar from Walmuth, and to build something pink and sparkly would be amazing because that is the best. Like this affinity is genuinely one of the best looking guitars well, I've ever seen. It, for, for 177 pounds, that's that's so little money that that essentially you can buy one. And if you want to mod that, if you want to put great tuning tuners on it, because that would probably be the hardware is really where I think it's going to be limited. But yeah. that's the other cool thing: black hardware. Like it's not the standard. It's thing. some, yeah. It's black. So it's black bridge and tuners, right? Um, zebra pickups white scratch plate which I think is super cool like the mix of black hardware zebra pickups and white plate looks so cool it it looks like a kind of 80s Charvel, but in a good way like one of the like like not ridiculous you know like not tribal flame or something like that but a show like a showy guitar a cool showy guitar Um, and yeah, so, Matt, to answer your question, should you buy one? Yes, you should buy one, but what I'm thinking, you should keep your stock, and what I'm thinking of doing for mine is doing a YouTube video where we do a demo of it, like, stock, and then we get people to vote on what mods to do on it. Like, yeah, what pickups should yeah. buy? Should we upgrade the tuners? We, um, we should, should turn it into the ultimate metal machine. Like as in we should put something like a Seymour Duncan Invader in it, or no, or I'd a see, bare knuckles. I
1: I kind of like the idea of like a, a group vote. So every week or every couple of weeks, you kind of go right. What pickups you putting in? You yeah. Give someone like five choices, and then we do it that way. Totally, and maybe we'll, I, I think that'd be a good way to do it.
2: Yeah, it's difficult to do on YouTube because you can't on Twitter. Obviously, you can do like polls and stuff. Um, but yeah, like how would you do that on YouTube? Don't know. Maybe we'd have to set up some sort of like. I don't know. We'll figure a system. But, yeah, what I want to do is say to people, like, okay, here are the five potential bridge pickups that I want to do. Which one should I put in it? And then which are the, these are the five potential neck pickups that I want to put in. What should I do? These are the five potential sets of tuners or, you know, other mods that we can maybe do on it. Um, you know, should it be? Should it have coil taps? Should it not have coil taps? What you could, um, Should it five-way you switch, could, three-way switch? What are we doing with it?
1: Seven-way switch. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm all about the oh, super yeah. switch.
2: I mean, I was thinking that maybe we should have a micro switch for, like, Every, for both each coil on each pickup on off,
1: yeah. How does that sound? Yeah, and, the more switches, and the better. Just uh, an Atari button for on off. I was thinking that about switch. that.
2: I was thinking about that because obviously at the moment it's got volume and two tones. Um yeah. But I'm never going to use two tones. I probably won't use one tone. But maybe I should keep one tone and then replace uh, the other hole in the scratch plate with an Atari-style Street Fighter button, yeah. arcade yeah. button, uh, kill switch. I think it would be awesome. Yeah, that's um, that's
1: the answer. How is it routed underneath? Do you know?
2: I think, like, I haven't taken the plate off, but you know how you can just kind of tap on the plate and you know whether or not there's a... I think it's, like, swimming pool routed. So there is the option to go for, like a like a third pickup like a middle pickup
1: well this is the thing right so there was a new at summer Nam there was this new limited uh, custom shop fender announced, which was like the charvel i don't know if we talked about it or not which had the humbucker in the bridge and then the Tele pickup yeah in the neck and i thought when i first saw it, i went that is awful and then the more i looked at it the more i was like actually i'm really yes. into having a Tele neck pickup on a strap and okay. then a full humbucker.
2: Okay. Um. So actually, someone posted something in the Facebook group recently about that. They were there. We're trying to like. I don't know if they were selling this guitar. They weren't selling it directly in the Facebook group because all we know, as we know, that's an instant ban. Um. Wait. someone's saying in on Amplifier that sh- saying '80s Charvel is a good th- yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, no. There's definitely some bad '80s Charvels. Anyway. Um. So. Yeah, someone was selling a strat or like looking to sell a strat in the Nerds Facebook group that had a bridge humbucker and a single strat pickup in the neck, and it looks super cool. So I was kind of thinking maybe I could do that. Or how about for like, how about we go P90 neck, strat pickup, middle humbucker in the bridge. How does that sound, messy?
1: I, I just think there's so many ridiculous options because I've I've always fancied a guitar with two Seymour Duncan P rails in it, yeah. Oh, and then having great. the triple shot mounting rings so that you can then use the little dip switches on the on the pickups um, a, rings okay. to kind of change everything.
2: Here's one. So how about we go for P regular P ninety in the neck, Strat single coil in the middle, P rails in the bridge with some sort of micro switch in the bridge for the bridge pickup so that we've got like the most ridiculous amount of switching combinations. Yeah, I mean, that this is sounding more and more like something straight out of that period of, in the late 80s when people yeah, were trying to do too could, much. but I think we could do it in a subtle way. I think that we can do, or maybe we replace that tone, that second tone, with like a rotary control, like a PRS-style pickup switching. So as well as the Strat switcher, we've also got options on there i think that like i just want to have i want to build basically the ultimate demo guitar um without making it look crap
1: and um i was just going to say if uh, people want to go on the facebook group i've just found what you were talking about in terms of terrible 80s guitars I mean, this this thing is awful i'll post up some pictures on the facebook yeah, group so join it it on there it. But there's definitely some good ones but i i thought you'd been straight down the uh Kind of Weezer route and just leave it to yeah. humbuckers. Well, I could do lock that. Lock down the trem.
2: I think this all needs to go to a vote on the uh, probably on the YouTube channel, or we could do something in the Facebook group. I don't know, um, but I want to uh, get people involved. Like, how should I m- completely uh, improve this guitar? I was going to say how could I completely mess up this guitar, but how can we improve it in the coolest way, but keeping that
1: character of like a pink sparkly Great. strat? I reckon. I'm gonna, I reckon if I get one, I'll go for green. Yeah, go great to green. Go do it. green. I mean, I've got two pink guitars. I should probably vary yeah, colours somewhat.
2: <laughs> I do think this means that I need to move on the pink Mosrite copy, though, because I don't need two pink guitars. I don't need more than one electric guitar, really. And I've got the Paul Junior, which is... I can't move on. It's a pink Mosrite. I know, now. but it's like i just i've run out of room on my guitar rack oh that is the Um, worst reason that's when you buy another guitar rack yeah i don't know i don't know i'm supposed to be saving and i've just spent 200 quid on a guitar anyway um so that's the good news for this week Mm, um joe branton (laughs) yes yeah yes i have some what's the news i got i got burgled this week okay yeah Uh, yeah yeah total bummer yeah, yeah, I got I got burgled uh last week, just the the day after we did we recorded the podcast last week. Um and uh at the time that I was burgled, I had um all eleven of my my girlfriend's guitars and basses there. I had my two pedal boards plus a box full of X amount of additional pedals, I had Matt Knight's and Mark Packham's full camera gear, DSLR the yep. cameras there, <laughs> um, including our recording setup, our two-note setup that we use to record the YouTube videos. All the pedals that we've got on loan Boxes from manufacturers of of loan, yep. of loan pedals. My full ashdown rig was over for the um, for for a brief period of time uh, as as well, and um, and they didn't take any of it, which was pretty. Um, <laughs> they either respected your guitar collection <laughs> massively and just went, oh, just take that old iPhone. Um, or they were like, this is going to be too hard to steal because yeah. all your stuff is pretty out there and it'll be hard to move on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, they were obviously just looking for things to put in their pockets. But yeah, all I lost was cash, uh, and, an iPhone that I used for playing music. And unfortunately, my girlfriend lost all her jewellery. But I kept all my instruments. So, so, so I mean, so- I, 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 I was... Would- <laughs> I was down the road at a pub when my girlfriend came home and saw and she called me and she was just like she's like we've been burgled I was like what she's like we burgled so I was like oh no so I just hung up and ran from the pub to home <laughs> I, I kind of I, like I did her explain that all my all your stuff was still was there. there so, so you... the whole way home I was like I've lost I've lost I've lost all my gear what are we gonna do and I was thinking about like your all your camera setup and everything. Like that this could potentially have been absolutely tragic. Yeah. As it stands, it's fine. So uh whichever podcast listener did it and left yeah. all the guitars there. Um <laughs> thanks very much. Cheers, man. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Um so yeah, send some love, Joe Branton's way. It's been a tough week this week. Um yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, it's been uh you know, we've had some stuff going on in the Facebook group and but let's pull together. I just wanted to say before we move on to do like news and stuff, um Thanks for everyone for listening to the Guitar Nerd's podcast. It's kind of cool, and it's cool that we can share stuff like that, and share the things like buying a cool new guitar or sharing some more kind of tragic circumstances. Hey. It's cool that you all kind of come with us on this and listen to this stuff. And uh, yeah, Guitar Nerds is all right. You hey. you guys, you guys it is all right. Yeah, thanks um, everyone. Should we do some news? We shall do some news. I think uh, we should also maybe announce that um, that we're going to start introducing some additional. Sections. I mean in the, in the Uh yeah, podcast. I spoke a bit about this on Facebook earlier. So um we're bringing in brand of the week, which we've yeah. trialed before. Um and we're also gonna be very strict on doing four questions from the Facebook group every week. Yeah. Because we have often run out of time and we want to give you guys some some love. Yes. Um so yeah, let's um let's do news first. New-ed. Z- um, so, uh, do you know what? I haven't even got the email open. That's right. right. Um, I've got it here. Okay. So, uh, first up, Exotic Effects uh, have unveiled the RC Booster RC V2. Booster. Matt Knight,
1: you are go-to for pedal news. Um, what's up with the version 2 Ah, the version 2. Well, based off uh, recently, they did a Scott Henderson signature RC booster. Um, so rather than just the on-off switch, it had the additional gain control, which they've put on uh, an extra foot switch, which is quite cool, because this is like normal pedal size. This is like um, like the normal steel enclosure you'd get for um, anything that's not a boss pedal, basically. Okay. Sidejacks like an MXR style pedal with two foot switches on it, which... Part of me thinks maybe slightly clunky, um, but actually, I think it. I think it's all right because if you maybe have it sideways on your board, you're only using the second button to go between game one and two, and that's the big difference with this. Is that it's the normal RC booster circuit plus the extra uh, game boost, which was yeah inspired by the Scott Henderson one they did before. The nice thing is, is this is like 20 dBs of clean boost, okay, and then 15 dBs of two band active EQ, so think of it like almost like a spark booster i suppose i mean this kind of predates the spark booster but that kind of vibe that's what most people might get if they've never seen exotic which is a bit more of a boutique brand but yeah basically boutique clean boost that allows you to actually dial in a decent amount of gain as well and i think that's you know the thing we've talked about the pigtronics class a boost and and things like that before that kind of are just there to add volume this is to add volume and gain so it works well with really clean amps like fender or you know if you're going to stick it in front of a, a marshall plexi that's already fairly cranked and it and allows you to tailor the eq which is kind of what you really want because sometimes you might find that you know if you crank an amp you lose some bottom end response or you know if you're using a telly it might be too bright so having a 15 dB boost or cut allows you to dial it in a lot more so yeah I'm really interested to hear it I think they're saying they've still got version 1's out but they should be gone by the end of the year and the version 2's are going to start coming out now so I think you'll start seeing both and they're both going to be the same price what sort of price um, are they? they are 168 dollars so they'll be about 169 to 179 pounds cool um nice bright blue led for the gain knob in the middle which is quite nice and they now come in uh chrome or copper which i think is very cool the copper looks awesome um like proper like shiny copper nice um yeah so i i definitely think it's like this is the kind of pedal i like like a drive pedal for like softer overdrives That's almost more like a clean boost it's something that's just there to kind of dial up your guitar sound a little bit more rather than be like a, an amp in a box which you know we all love you know we talked about the the ramble effects uh marvel drive and stuff which is great but this is like the complete opposite of that you yeah know? yeah yeah pure the- boost rather than amp in a box
2: i like the idea of a boost that at its heart it's kind of basic you know if you just wanted that pedal to just be a clean boost it's you know one of the most impressive kind of on the market but it gives you it's a nice utility pedal in that you know you could use it for a bit of drive or you can use it to tweak the eq you know you could do have a clean boost but also boost the bottom end or boost the top end like you say to compensate for guitar or you know
1: i think that's the thing isn't it i mean there's so many times now where i've kind of like set a few sounds on my pedal board and then i've like play guitar for a bit and then i'll switch to the les paul i'll switch to an sg it's humbuckers and you sometimes just don't realize how much difference like the guitar makes to the way that your pedals sound yeah and a pedal like this means that you can quickly alter that without going oh this pedal doesn't really work with this guitar or this pedal doesn't or this guitar doesn't work with this amp or you know it allows you to kind of adjust everything to any kind of instrument you've got as well as base, I mean that's the nice thing is that you can use these sort of things on base. They they actually do make a base version. Um, that's a bit I, think, weird. They the booster, I bass? think they just called it the RC booster. I think they called it the RC booster base. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the base. I think it's and because they, they also do a MB one which has got a, a mid boost in it as well. Right. Oh, yeah, that's um, useful. Yeah, but yeah, so um, yeah, awesome little effect that I think are going to be available from around about now. Oh,
2: sweet, hearing you say mid boost just. Coming back to the pink sparkly Strat, why don't we go full TBX? Uh, Never go I, TBX.
1: I don't know, actually. Uh, do you know what? I, I plugged a Clapton Strat the other day, and I was like, actually, this TBX, not so bad. Okay. Not okay. so bad. If- I think it's just the combination of the noiseless pickups yeah. and the TBX oh sounds
2: particularly... It's those very papery... Noiseless pickups, and it's like, it's like paper is such a stupid audio description, but it, <laughs> it really is, though, isn't it? They do sound
1: papery like, and thin, yeah, yeah,
2: but also like just kind of like flappy. like Imagine a bit of
1: paper flapping in the wind, <laughs> yeah, that's it's, kind it, of how it's I've, kind of like old lace sensors, isn't it? I always describe lace sensors, although they're kind of nice pickups, they're like the typical 80s, like plastic pickup, yeah, like everything sounded like ridiculously rigid. It sounded yes. like a strap, but there was like no movement, it was just yeah. like here's that 80s funk sound you need for Huey lewis and the news yes and yeah there you go
2: oh talking about utility pedals um and this is one no, that's, i was hoping that i know oh this is one that's only going to really work on video by the way um the frederick effects utility percolator arrived um and you should be able to see it on camera there just holding it up um we talked about it last week um gonna have a video demo of that coming soon yeah. it is, so it looks great actually up close bear in mind this pedal is is, is it 90 pounds yeah they're like under 100 quid I'm sure they are less than 100 quid for what really I I think is going to be the next Centaur. It's, it's a totally different type of pedal but the harmonic percolator I think imitations of that will do the same thing now as the as the Centaur did um, wicked the, the actual chassis for it is really substantial I can't believe that's a 90 pound pedal well what stands out about this is that it's not like cast it's not like die cast it no. feels like it's kind of bent aluminium yeah it? yeah it looks um like and you know you might be able to see this on camera here but it's the the um the back is not like a separate sheet that's pressed on the back is kind of screwed onto the back of the pedal almost and the top is um like bent and folded yeah aluminium. it's really good really high so quality good, and the 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 kind of uh, design on it, like we talked about last week, with the uh, Berlin TV tower, and it looks absolutely incredible. So, yeah, just wanted to mention that that arrived, um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We're doing a competition on it as well. It's going to be a giveaway at Amazing. some point down the line. Um, that, that is pretty. I mean, I, I know I've just said about how great it is because it's so cheap, but uh, this is is. You know, one of the absolute pedals that everyone should own. So, yep. wicked that it will be a giveaway. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so, um, up next, a uh, little bit of news, which, Matt, you swear that we've talked we about absolutely this. absolutely haven't. How could no. we? They only came out today. They yeah. were only no, announced I'm, today, Matt Knight.
1: I definitely Googled it. Matt, and, if, if cause you, I'm sure we were talking about
2: recording solutions about, and um, mini amps.
1: If you talked about them a couple
2: of weeks ago, then you broke an embargo, because they, these definitely weren't... We weren't talking oh. about
1: these. I'm, I, I might have to. Maybe we were talking about it off camera. I, I'm sure I remember. I
2: remember you mentioning the PV6505 Mini, Mini which, which is, is a different not amplifier. what this is.
1: This is the yeah. Piranha. Maybe I'll go back and actually listen to one of our podcasts and yeah. have to oh, go do, do, do that. Never do that. Never do that. So, yeah, so this
2: is the PV6505 Piranha microhead. Yep. Which I actually think. Is Piranha's a stupid name it's a stupid it was pV isn't it pv've still got yeah. a stupid logo yes that's but, true. yeah i
1: mean they've still got a terrible logo yeah. i mean i mean right.
2: and and the amp head itself looks awful but i still think this is something that should have happened years ago game changer well yeah because bass players we've had we've had 500 watt bass heads that fit in the front of our gig bags for years yeah. and it that just didn't happen in the guitar world i guess because they were so reluctant to move away from valves but as you know both roland and orange have proved recently with the with the blues cubes and with the uh crush pro series is that you know you can get away with it um well it's not even getting away with it you can make a really good sounding amp without valves um and pv haven't even actually got away with this they have made a um an amp head not much uh not much bigger than an iphone um, it's, obviously, it's a bit, quite thicker. a bit bigger than, well, than an iPhone. It's 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 deeper, It's, it's obviously, like a little mark, that kind of size. No, it's smaller it's than that. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen uh, one in the flesh. I've got yeah, two. Yeah, of yeah, them. yeah. It's, it's super small, but uh, it does have a 12AX7 in for the preamp, or it might be power amp. Matt, have sure. you got yeah, the preamp Got it's the deeps pre-amp. there.
1: It's a 20 watt solid state power amp with a 12AX7 preamp. So it'll be um, similar to a microterra, basically. I think that's the micro. And I know the microterra has
2: been around before, but the microterra was almost a joke. Um, it was too much of a. It was too much of a bedroom app. You know, a, it had a the ridiculous of the year nominated. Oh no, no, don't uh, get joke. me wrong. It was great, but um, it's having the weird power supply. Yep. I think took away any legitimacy from it being an actual do, gigging. Do app. we know what power supply the piranhas have got? I don't know, but uh, I really hope.
1: <laughs> uh, having said I, I this, I bet you this it's the same power. No, supply. no so, it's gonna it be, be legit because you need you need extra. I don't think you can put like an IEC. The transformer, effectively, on a lot of these things, has to be external, right? Because it would make the amp too big. So yeah, it probably has the same power oh, supply. Nice. Oh, uh, no, no. Um, Still, this is great. We'll see. We'll the get thing a... is, though, you, you say that, but like, I know a couple of people where I work who have bought micro dark terrors and gig them and say they sound like top, like yeah, really, yeah, they do really, sound really good. good.
2: I think the key thing is, Joe. You know, how often have you listened to a micro terror through a four twelve? Or compared to the PPC little 8 inch cab. That's the thing. I reckon that, I mean, I've heard a microtower a couple of times through a 412 and it sounded phenomenal. Um, it's probably just that the sound that you remember is (laughs) listening (laughs) to the little little well yeah fair enough fair enough it was still I think maybe it was the chassis they went for because it was an imitation of the it was just a smaller version of the Tiny Terror I think that sort of made it look like the action figure version of the real thing it looks like a toy whereas the pv with the Prano, it's just a totally new and actually a sensible shape and look it's designed to go in the front of a gig bag yeah. which of course uh, uh, the micro wouldn't because of its weird lunchbox shape but I, I think i think this is great it's under 200 pounds um it's it's the perfect thing you can sit it on top of your interface and have at home to to plug into i think it's brilliant for that yeah. I think it's a, a brilliant little amp to stick in the front of your gig bag and go to an easy show I'm, I mean I've obviously really been into the Laney Ironheart and that whole sort of style of this is a tool for every situation yeah. sort of amp head and whilst this isn't quite that I think this is a really sharp product I think so. by PV. are there any other um, worth
1: spec worth knowing about Matthew has he got like USB recording out and not as far as I can see I think it's mainly just small little pocket amp Valve preamp, twenty watt solid state power amp, one sixteen ohm output. So, with, that's a bit weird because that does mean that you can't ever plug it into an eight ohm cab. Okay. Because um, uh, you can, if you go, if it's an eight ohm, at least you can go one higher. Yeah. But if it's sixteen, you can't go one lower. Does have an auxiliary input though? Um, okay. So that's quite cool for playing stuff through. But yeah, great sort of backup amp for gigs and for more people who want the kind of tighter PV like metal sound rather than a slightly sort of basier, sort of fuzzier side of like the orange, which is the only real competitor. That's a that. good
2: way to think about it, I think. Is like this isn't going up against like Micro or, you know, Tiny Terrors <laughs> or anything like that. It's, uh, no, sorry. It's not going up against 6505 Minis right. or Tiny Terrors. It's right. going up against the micro yeah, yeah yeah of course of course it's that's another, what it is it's another flavour of that um, being told in the amplified yeah, chat yeah, that we have talked, we about, have this talked before, about this before but a long time ago re- before no. it was all before it was official and stuff I so. mean if I was on the podcast where we talked about that I was not aware that we were talking about that yes I think so too because I think I, I thought, thought if, so. if, well, I think I remember talking about it and I think I thought we were talking about the, the mini the mini yes me too so fine um yeah you know don't trust us with our uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is nice trust uh, me just, nonetheless just this is me. a great product and it's hundred and eighty quid and if you don't have it, you should get it <laughs> okay good I'm glad that you've uh, you've done that yeah. um so that's um that's news this week uh yeah, like I said, I wanted to tell you about the uh, harmonic percolator that's or the utility percolator that's arrived um but also we've got another competition going live on youtube this week so that I guess yeah. that's a bit of news um Yay. we're giving away a Seymour duncan pickup booster yeah oh
0: exciting what a
2: great pedal yep like what an absolute legend of a pedal yep um to be able to give away, how are we giving that away? We're doing it on YouTube. On the YouTube, sweet. As part of Pedal Away, so, sure. You uh, subscribe, yeah. peeps. Yeah, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube Guitar Nerd's videos on YouTube, um, so shall we um should we introduce this brand new segment? This is an idea that you have been talking about yes, for a while. Yes, yes, yeah, and then I just didn't action. But, well, but now, uh, I mean, you did once. I think we got one brand of the week in on the podcast yeah, yeah, a little while it was, ago, and then
1: I I didn't do it anymore. But uh, I think the problem was it was a bass brand, and no, as much as they were cool. No one really bothered. that no, much. okay.
2: So anyway, so uh, this week I'll be doing another base brand, base specific. Um, Definitely not it's a, a company that just makes base DIs. But don't worry, they've got 40 years of history and heritage, which I'm going to go through on a year by year um, structure. Let me just bring up the PowerPoint. And, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> I, was, I was
2: like. Uh, Because I've looked at the notes that you made for this and I was like, oh, I didn't read them fully. Maybe they are just (laughs) making bass, (laughs) eyes now. Um, So, Um, is there a jingle? um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, I've got one. I've got one in my head. Okay, go on then. Brand of the week. You got lovely vibrato Oh, there. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> if only your bass playing was yeah. as cultured as your voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. Go on yeah, then. So, no. who's brand so, of this w- uh, the week this week? This week on Brand of the Week, um, I am. I'm going for it. It's a real toss-up, so I am actually going to talk a little bit. Would <laughs> you call me? Uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. i uh, yeah, got a better. Minute. I am going to mention the band that I'm going to talk about in more detail next week at the end, but um, but I thought I would do Airline okay. guitars now. Um, cool yeah very very cool um if if you're not familiar with airline uh, guitars at all um then just watch uh some early white stripes yeah. or uh, or people like like the cure david bowie they they've all had airlines at one point um, or another and um airline uh airline were an american company that set up in the in the in the 50s actually in the late 50s 1958 they only He actually made guitars for ten years between 1958 and 1968. Um, they were set up by a company called Valco, who had their their hands in a few pies. They did. Uh, they also did super amps. They came from the the same really same same company. I yeah. did not know that they, they were affiliated with Dan Electro, like a, a lot of the um, uh, the 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 factory that made the super amps we're doing were badging them for Dan Electro as well at the time when they were under Valco so You just reminded me actually there was some other news this week there's oh, really? some, We'll talk about it next week but okay. there's some brand new Dan Electro models Oh my I haven't checked this, but that is actually the most exciting thing. We have to come back that, to that. That's afterwards. your that's your cliffhanger for next week. That there oh, are some yeah. some new Dan Electro models. Anyway, yeah, okay, back to airline. Yeah, so um, so the the thing that made airline so, because because of course they're a company. We're talking about now, even though they only existed for ten years. Ten years. That's like mm. you know you know Fender had uh, Fender had series of guitars that lasted longer than that. You know, and, and these guys. Complete company range lasted that that very brief period. Didn't even make it into the into the seventies. But what made uh, what made airline really unique is that they um, they patented the the term reso glass, yep. Um which was essentially fiberglass. They were making the bodies out of fiberglass, and that of course gave them a very very unique tone. But also um, the way that they were cut and constructed was much more angular. Um, and all, sort of all sharp edges there's a few guitars around that time using mm-hmm. that uh, people like national um who mm. were this is towards the end of the 60s i guess uh yeah end of the 60s yeah it wasn't so, it wasn't a wholly unique thing sure sure uh, yeah, i mean the national ones what's uh kind of cool about those is that they i think they were able to like make the um fiberglass like colors that you would never see on right. uh you know just a regular wooden guitar yeah. um so there's like a quite a famous national it's like a semi hollow guitar, but there's no F holes, and it's in a really weird shape. Right. Um, and it's like bright green, which you kind of I guess wouldn't have seen around that time. Like no. a really vibrant, like neon green. And I think it's to do with that that manufacturing, so well, yeah. I mean certainly you can look at sort of any of the airline models and they are really unique and really interesting yeah. colours. Um sort of very, very like uh, late fifties, sixties style. Um, sort of really rich greens or or sort of really pastel colours it's really unique it was a really unique company at a time when uh, when things were sort of starting to become normalised into the sort of Mm. the, the sort of Fender Gibson yeah um domination um but um yeah so so what made them cool and unique was obviously this reza glass they also didn't have truss rods um steel reinforced necks as if that was ever going to <laughs> okay, work sure sure <laughs> is that why uh, is that why they often get used for slide guitar? Okay? <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, that is almost definitely why but anyway in um th- th- that's sort of what happened to them they were obviously played by a few famous people the old original uh models the, the most famous being um the hutto um, I it wasn't actually called the Hutto, uh, um, but it became known as that because there was a famous blues player called Hutto. Jabba yeah, the who Hutto. To, yeah, yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so the, um, that was the most famous one. That's the one that Jack White uses that you see him in. Uh, he has a, a red one of those, one of the old original Reso Glass ones. But in 2000, in the year 2000, Eastwood Guitars um, bought... Uh, the the name airline and the, the, the rights to, to remake the Hutto specifically as their first one. Kind of eastward stock in trade, really, isn't it? It's to find these kind of old, weird models yeah. and um, yeah. to, yeah, just bring them Give back. Them a gonna, survive, yeah.
1: and, I've got and the website here. I was going to uh, pull out some, uh, once you've uh, finished all those, I was going to pull out some of my uh, classics one of my yeah. favourites, let's just say, that I've spotted on their website okay. that are definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, In absolutely. fact, they do one of my favourite signature guitars, actually, okay. Eastwood. Okay. All right,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that after because I've got, there are some cool bits about their website that I want to talk about as well. But um, uh, yeah, so, so the, first, the first reissue of the Hutto, they renamed it the DLX of the Deluxe, um, and it was brought out under Eastwood under under Eastwood's yep. brand name um, and this it was quite a weak reissue they, they went for sort of the overall body shape but um, obviously it had a proper truss rod <laughs> um, it was a chambered mahogany body so tonally it was it, it wasn't the guitar at all and um, they they did some other things like the the tuners were different the scratch plate was a slightly different shape they'd gone for traditional block inlays rather than the weird angled rectangles on the original airlines so there were a few it was just sort of a normalised cheap um, uh, cheap reissue the other thing they also changed was they had uh, they they changed it to two humbucking pickups um, which uh, which wasn't the case on the original airlines. They were massive, but they were just huge housings for single coils. Really? Yeah, yeah. So they were actually... Because they, they look like... I mean, I've seen Jack White's guitar, obviously, mm. and I've seen the airline, you know, the modern reissues. Yeah, um, single coils. Really? Yeah, mental that. I was okay. surprised to, to find that out as well. I'm also surprised to find out that the reissues, because I've never seen one of the uh, airline or Eastwoods in the flesh, actually, right. only in pictures. It's quite a surprise to find out they're mahogany. They're yeah. Not- yeah it's a bit of a bit of a shame I think yeah that's that's not really
1: those aren't the tones that I want when you go for that that sort um of look no there's a company out there that actually sell oh, resin glass.
2: If, if you if you read the notes that are in the emails, you're, you're ruining my bullet points about two I two heads. I didn't see that. Yeah, I wasn't actually looking at it to be honest. Right. Well, that was actually the next point. I'll I'll skip past my next little bit, which was also going to be interesting, um, and I'll that. say that also um, because because of course, airline have now turned up. Uh, Eastwood are now making a second range of guitars under the name Airline, and they have um, introduced the the DLX has now been introduced. There's like a I think there's a like a 58 and 59. They're calling them, and and it's their proper airlines. They whilst they're still mahogany and chambered, they've tried to make things a little bit more authentic, and they've released a full range of of airlines. They've tried to do the whole back catalogue, which is cool. Massive so, amount of left handed options as well. That's always nice. So yeah. we all know the famous airline guitar. Yeah. Um, what were the other options Um, well there are loads but let me come to that in a minute because coming on to onto Matt's point if you love the idea of airline guitars but you are completely turned off by the fact that um, these are now essentially just modern sounding guitars you want something that's different they're just kind of like a hollow body you know Epiphone style guitar in a funny shape exactly Um, Guitar Kits USA which is the company Matt's thinking of have bought the rights to Resoglass Okay, and they have reissued bodies of the proper fiberglass huttos. So you can buy um, the just the body of the uh, of the old airline, the old fiberglass airlines. Do, can you buy uh, next? There from must as be next. Well. There must yeah. be next. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. But that's pretty cool because they've got so, a unique headstock, aren't they? They've got a kind of weird yeah. offset Les Paul style headstock. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? They're three aside from what yeah, I remember. That's right. Yeah, um, Yeah. So yeah, and it's yeah, it would be quite weird to sell those bodies and not, you know, just put like a Les Paul neck on them. That would be yeah. kind of weird. So, so I'm I'm not going to talk about the rest of the range, okay? Because I think there's something more interesting to talk about about Airline and Eastwood. Okay, um, is this is kind on of, their website. You're kind of covertly talking about Eastwood, aren't you? Well, it's a- a- Airline are their better guitars. The guitars they release under Eastwood, I don't think are as interesting or okay. as good. But the best part about um, Eastwood Airline. Um, I mean, essentially, all it is now is the name. Like, Airline don't exist. Yeah. Eastwood owned them and, and reissued their guitars. And, and they are great. They look great. Eastwood Custom Shop. Okay. If you have not checked this out, I really strongly recommend everyone go onto to eastwoodcustoms.com. They don't make their custom shops like people normally do. You cannot tell them what you want and buy it. Right. What they do is they come up with weird ideas and they crowdfund them and everything on their custom shop is crowdfunded you can see on there it tells you how much they are crowdfunded and basically you put down a deposit okay and if they get enough deposits behind a model then they'll make it and there is some absolutely bonkers stuff on here there's for, for me they're doing an eastward rd base Okay. Like, like the Gibson RD basses. How you are see, they getting away with this? I've no idea. 79% pledged at the moment that we're looking at this, but there are some. There's the Eastwood Swinger, which is like a one pickup Mustang, but really no, angular. It's the Fender Swinger, believe it or not, also known as the Fender Music Lander, also known Whoa. as the Fender Arrow. I didn't uh, know about this. So, this is a whole guitar I don't know about. So, uh, this guitar is a... originally, basically, they had a load of. Um, Uh, Fender 12 necks which was the mid-60s Fender 12 string they had a load of Mustang bodies uh, and a load of um, what was it called Music Master scratch plates so they they basically cut random bits out of a a Mustang body and said oh yeah we've made a new guitar Um, but they came out under like loads of different names I think the rarest one is the Music Lander that is the weirdest name I know I think there's 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 something like 12 of those okay the Arrow is the second rarest one and then the Swinger is the one that was fairly common but even that is you know you just won't see one now that is absolutely um, mental yeah so that was an actual Fender guitar and again it amazes me that they've I guess the the uh, trademarks the it, yeah. well I guess the trademarks on these have just slipped maybe yeah you know possibly I mean? Matt so, you should go on to eastwoodcustoms.com
1: and, and I'm looking look. I'm looking now so, I'm, I'm amazing because they've got they're things you make yeah sorry go on so I was going to say they're basically making a copy of the ovation deacon and the Breadwinner. Uh, the Breadwinner. Yes. yeah uh, the spectrum 5 that's the like split pickup one yeah. that's got like six single coils in it everyone um, listening and
2: watching should go and check out the micro frets space tone which is the bizarrest yeah. thing i've seen and has already done like 63% of its budget
1: how bizarre they're doing like flying what, wedge the Shergolds, oh. which were like a big 70s guitar yeah yep. they're about um, to come back actually shergold but also um like all the devo stuff like yeah. I like the fact they're doing, like, the B-stiff bass, which is just that, like, really weird, like, odd-shaped bass. Yeah. Um, they, actually,
2: they actually did a signature model for um, a guy called Kepi from a band called Groovy Goolies, who... Um, oh, yeah, I was just having a look at that. The colour's amazing. Gooly yeah. green. Yeah, Gooly green. Uh, so, Kepi is uh, from... He was in a band called the Groovy Goolies for a long time, a band that I played with a couple of times, and we put them on uh, fairly locally, um, they were one of the most famous kind of Ramones Ramonesy sounding pop punk bands um, and yeah East would have done him a signature he's no longer in Groovy Goolies they don't exist anymore but um, but yeah, Eastwood have really supported him. And he used to play one of the spaceship basses. Yeah. Um, and, but now he's got his own, when he was in Groovy Goolies because he was the bass player and now that he does solo stuff, he has got a guitar and which is based roughly on one of the Hutto's. Right. Uh, but it's in like a real nice rich green yeah, um, and it's a got skull on it. a little skull on it which is his Amazing. logo someone in the Facebook group actually has got one of those which is really super cool yeah really oh, that cool is, that's is awesome but yeah I mean everyone check out the page because there are things like uh, the the uh, 59 which is the Hutto uh, with like Telecaster pickups the Flying Wedge I think is spectacular Bonkers. I mean the name says it all but really and these things are quite they're all reasonably priced like for example, the only one I was really looking at, to be honest, in detail and looked at possibly funding was um, was the Eastwood, uh, which they're is they're all Eastwood. Uh, sorry, the Eastwood, the RD, <laughs> the RD base. No, just just the Eastwood, <laughs> the RD base was the only one I really checked out. But uh, retail is six hundred quid. That's all they want for it. Really, and you just put down a deposit of like a 150, I think. Wow. And so these things aren't necessarily breaking the bank, but what you are guaranteed is you're going to get something really unique and something that's, you know, been made with a lot of love behind the design. and Chinese stuff. made, yeah. I take it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that... They're oh, yeah. Jason's yeah. computer just made a weird noise. No, um, cool. Yeah, they... Um, it means that, yeah, basically they're, they they must have a limited... Uh, like a minimum production run in, yeah. with their factory, they obviously meet that with the
1: deposits, and then they um, yeah. they get them built. So it's super There's cool. Some, there is some some great guitars on there. There's and a guitar I mean, that
2: we spoke about before the the deer hoof, the Eastwood deer hoof signature, which, which is we spoke it. about at, during the NAM launch, and that has that that was obviously made off the back of this and achieved 704 percent of its target, a total of fourteen thousand pounds. Wow. towards this,
1: I can't believe they do a reissue of a 1968 guitar called which was by Tysco called The May Queen. Yes. I was like, oh, it's like some sort of like Queen guitar. No, just so happens that it's the mixture <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. May and yeah, Queen, yeah. but about five years before Queen actually happened. Yeah. And yeah. um, they also make that awesome Warren Ellis signature double neck, which is the mandolin and tenor guitar. They do. In the Hutto style. Yes. They Very all, cool.
2: As far as I'm aware as well, they've just announced the new Warren Ellis um, signature because he, cool. he, he has the little tenor guitar that kind of looks... Yeah. Almost like Stratty, doesn't it? But it's a little tenor. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a new version of that coming, apparently. I saw that on Instagram the other
1: day. Yeah, there's, uh, um, they make some cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. Everyone go and check them out.
2: Um, next week, I'm going to be talking to you about little known Italian 60s brand Goya. Nice. Exciting stuff. I like Brand of the Week. That was yeah. fun. Oh, cool. If Jeez, you enjoyed man. it, let us know in the Facebook group or yeah. on Twitter or wherever you want to uh, shout out Joe for being boring. Thanks, sorry. um, So, uh, shall we dive in some questions? Questions. Yes, thanks, you beat me to it. Um, I I was going to say, let's read one of these out each. Um, Do you want me to start? Yeah, why why don't you read Cool. Dave says, okay, this is interesting. Um, From your experience, can you name some cheap guitars that are comparable with name brands? Let's get a cool list of affordable guitars going. Mm, That's interesting. Matt Knight, do you want to just pick one that you think, like, is affordable, maybe not from a big name brand, um but it's definitely mm. worth checking out. Airline. That's tricky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> let's say Actually, I tell you what. I I mean it depends what you class as like mega affordable, well, but let's... recently I've I've had well I was going to say I've had a proper chance now to play the whole reverend range. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you're after an awesome guitar that's sub a 1000 pounds. That's kind of like a lot no, name-known brand, but it's like well different to anything else. Yeah they they honestly they outplay so many guitars i mean they're korean built shipped to america in and QC'd, and everyone is then hand signed and numbered right and every single one comes out playing as good as fender custom shop they're awesome and yeah, they do really like loads of cool stuff like similar to like the eastwood thing they do like some one pickup ones with Bigsby's, <laughs> p90s humbuckers around oh, like as a them
2: you are so Anderton stocking, Reverend? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, before, in stock. I think the only place in the UK was Merchant City Music in Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've
1: got thirty or forty different ones wow, in stock at the amazing. moment. I think they're kind of the success
2: story in guitars for the last like couple years. Really, they've come out of nowhere, and now loads of people I know are playing them because they, you know, where do they start? Six hundred quid, something like that
1: yeah I mean they start yeah I think five nine nine and then they go up, they do go up to like eleven hundred quid, yep. but most of them are sub a thousand pounds, and like the necks feel so nice on them, yeah, and just like every single one came perfect set up perfectly in tune, and just like sounds great. They do an amazing baritone, and I was just like, ah, oh. some great satin colors, good finishes, just really different to any anything else, really different to anything else,
2: yeah, Joe Branton um so yeah so i am i would say hagstrom uh i I know that's a bit broken record i know i've spoken about them lots um but they automatically spring to mind because they do a a les paul copy that is really really good really well built sounds amazing and is like 600 quid but i won't specifically i was i was just trying to their, their website's being built at the moment so um, their website is being built. Yeah, well, they 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 did tell me that they were changing their site. So, oh look, here we are. They they've changed it. They've changed it. Okay, I've, good. I've got it. Good. So, I was just going to find they've got a um, Retroscape is the name of their series. That the series and um, and within the Retroscape, they do um, they do the the Impala and the Condor specifically, which are all like sub-300 pound pedals. They have actually... Pedals? Pedals. Uh, You've pedals on the yeah, brain. Sorry, I do, I do. Also, sub-400 pound guitars with more, um, sort of, really interesting, weird 60s guitars. Um, oh, no, it was supposed to be comparable to... Was it supposed to be similar to something? No, not... Com- I mean, well, just, I like, what. what's a cool budget guitar? Well, they are very cool. Definitely yeah. check out the Condor and Impala, just because they've got tons and tons of, like, little those those little uh, uh, toggle switches um, that are adjusting your tone. You get, like, a three-single-core version, which is cool. But they also do a bolt-on Les Paul Jr. style model for less than £200 wow. with two single coils in it. What? and they're weird like square single coils one in the neck and one in the bridge oh uh, the sort of on style yeah, that's, yeah that style of thing and you can get them like yeah a bolt on Les Paul Jr. in white with like a weird sort of wood effect scratch plate and two single coils for less than 200 pounds that's cool um, I'm going to say just because they have got some new models out which I haven't got the info on yet um, Dan Electro we talked about them loads of times but if you want something that it's hard to say they compare to like a bigger name brand because they don't. Much like Hagstrom, they don't go for that, and also much like Reverend, don't, Reverend don't really go for that. They're doing their own thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think that, that Dan Electro's are so cool, um, and you know, Jay's mentioned it before. Jay's owned them, and uh, we talk about I talk about them a lot. But what they've, what I quite like, what I love about Dan Electro, and I also hate about Dan Electro, is the constant rotation of new models um, because they'll do a good one and then that'll disappear for a bit and then they bring out one that you're like, not so keen on and that'll disappear for a bit and then the a yeah. good one will come out and, and you're never sure how long it'll last. So yeah, my advice is Dan Electro are cool guitars but if you see one that you like, just snap it up because, uh, not literally snap it because they are probably quite easy to snap. Yeah, um, very but easy. You should buy it. If there's They're, a model out that you like, definitely get it. There was a, a little while ago, maybe about 10 years ago, they released a, um, a, a very sort of sh- short horned, full scale base with a scratch plate that was very strange because it took up a lot of the body but had a cut out around the pickups uh, um, yes um, I can't remember the, the name of the model but they did it in uh, they, yeah I can't remember they did it in in sunburst black and they did it in a sort of a a, um, a, a blue a sort of a powder a powder blue finish um, and it was uh, uh, they um, they were obviously around for quite a while but they were a little bit they were a little bit unpopular um, to say the least so uh, I picked one up when yeah. I say I picked one up I picked two up okay. because they were doing buy one get one free what? yeah yeah two blue ones so I got one and sold the one back on eBay for sort of half the, the price that's alright isn't it yeah yeah exactly so uh, so yeah so Dan Electro wicked brand neat neat um, let's do uh, Matt do you want to read this one from Steve <coughs>
1: <clears throat> I, I, I I feel a bit nervous now you were I nervous having, this. Like, this is the first voice- time
2: you've read a question
1: yeah so oh it's a pedal board question easy hello everyone uh, I'm Hi, looking Matt. for some advice hello uh, I've just finished my new pedal board but I'm getting quite a lot of noise uh, I'm running a MIDI setup with a JMP1 and the Lisa's MIDI verb good man um, the signal path through my memory man uh, effect is running through the effects loop fuzz clone wah whammy auto wah and Strymon deco all effects work without hum when connected individually but when grouped uh, the hum disappears with either the with either harmony man or whammy taken out these are both ac powered and the rest are dc isolated supplies not sure if the issue uh, what the issue is um, but is there a workaround would um, think um i sounds like he's just using a lot of things and i don't know what power supply he's using yeah um, I mean it's always tricky especially with things like the Whammy and the Digitech Harmony Man because they work on ridiculous power supplies yeah if it's like a Whammy 4 they're like this that stupid bulky massive AC power supply yeah the one that no,
2: the one that like loads of customers would come in and ask for when we were working at the, at the shop and yeah, then the, you'd have to be uh, like yeah I can't remember the name of it now but I used to like the long serial code off the top of my head yeah. because but so it, many
1: people would come in and be like yeah I've lost it but no power brick will power that, so you kind of no. have to run it off his own supply, and the same with the Digitech. Yeah. Um, and I think things like fuzz, auto wah, whammy, yeah, I mean, work without hum when connected individually, but when group... I, I'd imagine it sounds like he's getting some sort of like grounding hum. Yeah. So... It might be that the amp... I'm just guessing here, but if the amp's plugged into the same like multi-plug socket that the rest of the pedals are plugged into and you're getting an earth hum, that could be it. Um, it could be that the power supply using to power the rest. He does say DC isolated supplies... Um, Matt, I'll just stop you there. If you just noticed, like a massive bass rumbling on the podcast,
2: everything I, was shaking. In what here. was happening outside? Was there I, a helicopter? So yeah, how bizarre. Planet. Matt can't hear it obviously because he joins us via the internet in his leafy London suburb. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like there's a war going on outside. Um, You're not by the sea, so yeah, who knows what might happen. Maybe, maybe. Um, I'm glad we're up high. Is all I'm saying. Um, so we think basically the amp being on perhaps the same power supply as yeah, the I mean, pedal board. I,
1: the way that I've always kind of done this is plug your power, plug your pedal board in one by one. So, yeah. like, plug the first pedal in with the power brick using, plug it into the amp, no hum until you finally work out what the source of the hum is, and then go, Oh, it might be the whammy. Try a different supply for the whammy, yeah. and then see if that works as well, yeah. Um, but. Those old wa- or you know, I know it's not a cheap solution, but if you upgrade to Whammy Five, they work on a normal nine volt supply now. Yeah, um, so that might help. It and plus, might. you've got the polyphonic mode as well, so maybe a chance to kind of you know stick a new pedal in there as well.
2: Yeah, very nice, very nice. Um, Joe, do you want to take Ollie's question? Mm, certainly, certainly. Uh, <coughs> Ollie says. In the future, I'll be looking to get an overdrive pedal. Uh, you started off relatively <laughs> normal, and then you thought, "Oh, is I've been given the opportunity to do a voice here. Why am I not right, doing sorry, a sorry, voice? Sorry, sorry. In the future, I'll be looking to get an overdrive pedal, something fat and warm, with smooth musical mids, preferably with a pleasing top end that isn't too brittle. I'd be using it as my main rhythm tone, and I'd boost it with a mid boost for lead solos. Rhythm pedal? Mid boost amp. Any recommendations? Would be great because I'll have an idea of what I want to try out. Sounds good. So um did he say which mid boost he's using? He didn't say no, which boost, no. boost a mid boost, a mid boost. Yeah, it's a bit difficult, isn't it, not knowing which mid boost and which amp really. But something yeah. like fat and smooth, fat and warm on the overdrive front. Um, what do you think, Joe? I would probably say Electro Harmonics Bass Soul Food. I know he said guitar. I mean okay. that for guitar. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're great, really affordable, were imitations of you know a legendary drive pedal and um, just that, at, that added sort of low-end response, I think, on guitar. I actually don't think they were very good on bass. I think they were far too mid-heavy yep. for bass. But on guitar, I think they're just right for just like a really big fat sort of exactly what he's after if he wants sort of a warm overdrive that said he said he wanted a pleasing top end and they might be a little woolly for that so maybe i should rethink but yeah that that is a great drive pedal and definitely worth a shout nonetheless cool
1: matt any any suggestions yeah i mean when he says like rhythm sound i kind of think like marshall like angus young like big chords so maybe something like the jhs uh charlie brown which is kind of like a like a Marshall in a box, but not you know, more amp like and not sort of ridiculously high gain. Um but in terms of an overdrive worth checking out, if you can pick one up, the old Marshall blues breakers, the yes. early ones in oh, the big boxes. So good.
2: So good. I mean good. that
1: Gary Moore used one of those um a lot into his Marshall for kind of like his lead sound. Yeah. Um and yeah, if you can pick one up, I think if you get like the second generation like the really early ones go for some silly money but the like second generations before they go to the small silver boxes are like really class pedals yeah, the great.
2: small silver box is kind of a different pedal entirely isn't it Yeah, it's it's, kind not, of, it's, not very it's all about that yeah, the, the it's big, not, big black not box really on, the, on the affordable front just to throw in on that note um, the uh, X5 um, Golden Brownie Yes, oh what was a pedal. It, what a great pedal! And yes. what, what are they? How much are they? Like sixty pounds? Uh, yeah, they're definitely under a hundred quid. No money have... and one of the best sounding. That was really I've ever really cool. Yeah, Golden Brownie, which is the Thomas Blug co-designed yeah. X Five uh, pedal. Yeah. Fifty six euros. Wow, there That's we go. That's unbelievable. Go. That's another pedal that should be on everyone's board. That's yeah. unbelievable. It's a micro pedal. And it's it's in a really good high quality chassis. Yeah. it's the sort of thing that if it was 150 quid, we'd be sitting here saying it's 150 quid. But look at the quality of the of the control knobs and the yeah. chassis and everything like that. But it's it's 56. Yeah, amazing. Very very good indeed. Right, and um, where are a, you, Are you going to put one? In, um, in oh, a drive pedal. Um, yeah. a drive pedal. I don't. I've, it depends on the amp, really. I mean, what I would do is, you've already said the Soul Food, which I highly recommend. We always talk about the um, Ramble Effects Marvel Drive, which if you run it on a low gain is a really good drive pedal. Um, tell you what else I like. Um, the uh, Seymour Duncan 805 Overdrive is one that we've been tinkering oh, yeah, with recently. Really, really cool. I guess that's kind of halfway between a boost and a drive. What I like about it is that it's got really detailed EQ. It's three-band EQ on there, Matt is that right Matt or two yeah. band I can't remember. No, no, on the Marvel Drive no on the Seymour Duncan 805 Oh, the 805, it is... I think it's three-band. I'm sure three it's band, three-band, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. pretty so, sure it's three-band because so they're all micro-switches. Because we, Not micro-switches, micro uh, micro-pots. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we don't know which guitar or which amp, I guess recommending something flexible would be good. So, yeah, yeah the 805 Overdrive is like a really cool Tube Screamer-style Overdrive, but with an active three-band EQ that means you can get loads and loads of different tones. I'm, uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend it. Seymour Duncan stuff is Super cool. Uh, we've been, they sent us a load of stuff to to do videos on, and like I said, we're giving away the the pickup booster. Um, and so I'm kind of—I know a lot. We're also getting uh, things in the uh, in the chat from Amplify. People saying Joyo British sound." Uh, I'm not sure Je- about that one, to be honest. JHS Je- Morning Glory, uh, which yeah, is a blues Baker interested. Crone, yeah, and the Timmy yeah. as well. Timmy is a is a classic, although they're quite hard to get now. Is that right, Matt? Yeah,
1: they, I, they, do, he still the guy still makes the Timmy, um, but like it makes them in very, very small, right. small batches. There's loads of pedals out there that have basically now in the boutique world have kind of almost like stolen that design. So it's kind of, they're like Fender in a box, I suppose, yeah. almost. Um, so that classic uh, drive, volume, bass, treble. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's loads of pedals that are kind of following that sort of traditional vibe now.
2: If you're um if you're listening, uh Ollie, um let us know. Drop us uh, a message, let us know which guitar and amp you're using, uh, and we can probably find a more tailored solution for you. We can definitely come back to that. Or post it in the Facebook group and we'll we'll chat about it on there. So yeah. we are um up at time. Um yes. thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining us this week. We should probably talk about Patreon. Yes. Um, yes, we should. Patreon uh is something that we've been doing for a while, and uh you guys are obviously you know you contribute to it every week uh, a different price points it gets you an extra from five uh dollars a month it gets you an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week um we've been that we've kind of used it as like an after hours episode haven't we we chat yeah, about yeah. loads of stuff um from guitars to uh you know food to wrestling uh, occasionally professional wrestling sometimes slips in there oh man I've got to tell you about this wrestling event I'm but going a podcast no that's true so People have been crying out for us to go back and do some stuff that we did on the podcast of old, which are sound-alike features. Yes, we used to Uh, do a proper themed
0: uh, section. Indeed,
2: we did. And they take up roughly about half an hour. So it's probably something that, with the news and questions and brand of the week and stuff, we probably don't have time to fit into the regular episode. So what we're going to do is, each week now, we're going to pick... An artist and do a whole sounder-like Patreon episode um, over on patreoncom forward slash nerds. So if you get in there and if you know if you uh, if you so kind as to contribute to the Patreon, um, you can join us every week for for a sounder-like feature. Um, that's from five dollars a month for our regular backing tier. But if you uh, go for the ten dollar a month op- uh, option, you become one of our executive backers. Where not only do you get our extra half an hour, but you get your name read out by Mr. Joseph Branton. Steve Merkel, Tony Blair, Andrew Marco. Read his name Ma- correctly. Oh, Stop okay. saying Tony Blair. All right, all right, sorry. Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Andrew Marco, Mark Cross, JD Short, David Carroll, Andy McKenzie, Brad Pitt, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Thompson, Moog Gravit Laurie Anstis, Colin Anderson there you go whose name did you say wrong on there uh, i called... brad page yeah, you said brad, brad page you said brad pitt did i oh, yes. i didn't i honestly didn't realize really <laughs> sure you knew you're unbelievable <laughs> anyway so yeah that's what we're going to be doing over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds if you've been watching live thanks for joining us amply.5 forward slash guitar nerds where we're doing this live every week. Um, this week I also want to push the website, guitarnerds.net, because there's um news there's gonna be news stories going up there. Joe Branton, you know, might be doing some features and things. Um yeah, yeah. more stuff uh, is going on the site, but you know, all the usual places as well. YouTube, uh, Twitter at guitar nerds, Instagram at guitar nerds. Um We've had on on the uh, on the um Amplify group actually, uh someone get back to us with what um the the setup of that fellow is. Um, so we, we, we don't have time for it now but maybe we'll come back to that okay yeah we can do that next week definitely definitely is that Ollie in the group then I don't know no I don't think so um, someone in the group just said, "Did Bomb Matt? Deluxe. Did Matt just flash a Paisley Strat? I believe he did. Yeah, it is. Um, so if you're watching this on YouTube uh, or on Amplify, you would see that. Um, you can follow us individually. You can see pictures of Matt's guitar. I'd imagine somewhere on his Twitter at Matt underscore uh, Nightsy. Uh, you can follow Joe at Joseph underscore Nine Hundred. You can follow Jay at jaybn One. And you can follow me if you want um, to talk about old computer games. The uh, the Uh, hilarious world of professional wrestling um, and probably some guitar stuff I don't know at Mark underscore random thanks so much for listening this week and uh, we'll see you next week bye bye goodbye
1: bye bye
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at invescocom QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.